Welcome to Jimmy Knows. Drop in for a few laughs and some insight on life and the law from Boston's favorite lawyer, Jimmy Glazer. This show is a presentation of Jim Glazer Law. For more information, visit JimmyKnows.com. And hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jimmy Knows. Thanks for joining us. I am here, of course, with attorney, attorney Jim Glazer and sports agent Alan Nero. So, Alan, maybe it's a good time to talk about your the your favorite moments. So, out of all the athletes that you've mentioned, so many titans, can you name a couple people who you really enjoyed working with or maybe people that we don't think of necessarily as well, being so... It's funny because everybody but, says, you know, who, who's your who's your all-time favorite client? And believe it or not, it's Lou Pinella. Oh, sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. Mm. And... Lou it was an interesting character. He had a great personality, and uh, he was very, very appreciative, very loyal. Mm. And he, he is by far my, my favorite. Now, that's not to say that Randy Johnson and Wade Boggs and Edgar Martinez aren't up in, there, in mm. that favorite realm as well, but Lou was quite different. I always kid because every contract that I negotiated for Lou, I had to negotiate him out of because mean? he was so committed to winning and then when the ownership group would hire him, they would convince him that they were going to spend money and convince him that they were going to be committed to winning. And then they wouldn't. You're talking about his career as a manager now? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then they wouldn't. Yeah. So I'd have to go in there, negotiate him out of it, and 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 then find him another. <laughs> yep. So I got him from from Cincinnati to Seattle, from Seattle to to Tampa Bay, from Tampa Bay to Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I always thought he was a great manager, at least as as a fan. Just his the, the perfect temperament. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of Earl Weaver in him, maybe. My biggest heartbreak is that he's not in the Hall of Fame. He missed by one vote. Is that right? The is last he, time. Does he have? Any, is he is he done? No, he's going to be on the ballot again this year, and we're just hoping and praying. That and I don't know. He's retired as a manager. Or is, oh yeah, he's okay. eighty years yeah. old. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, time flies. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't <laughs> do, you, do you talk to these? Do you talk to him all the time? Oh yeah. Yeah. So how was how was Billy Martin? Did, when did you, 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 you? I got to know Billy primarily because of I was representing Yankee players, and Billy was much like Lou, very committed to to winning, but but didn't his personality was so off the charts mm-hmm. that it got it got mis, mis, misinterpreted. Where sure. Lou was able to stay on track, and people. I would love to see a, a movie made about Billy Martin's life because he was. He won World Series as a Yankee. He was a good player as a Yankee. He's better known as a manager. But how do you get fired four times by George Steinbrenner and hired five times, I think? Yeah, well, <laughs> because of George. Yeah. Yeah, well, what, but what do you think was going on there? Did it just become like a circus at the end? Was no. It they, no. They just literally would well, get, if, they get if, so if, mad at if, each other? If you didn't, first of all, George had an illegal phone into the dugout. <laughs> okay. Number one. So he would be harassing you in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. And like Lou, so that's, for, a, that's illegal. Oh, yeah. the owner, the owner. Lou, 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 so you Lou, Lou, I had a great story that Lou would tell. He, they traded one of their pitchers on the trade deadline, and as fate would have it, the first game of the World Series, they're facing the team that had that pitcher. Mm. And George calls Lou in the middle of the game 
and says, can't you see what he's doing? He's greasing the ball. And Lou said to him, who the hell do you think taught him how to do that? And he hangs up on George. Wow. So, and then Joe Torre was, was a great manager, mm-hmm. but, but George would call me about once a month saying he wanted to fire Joe, but he only really? would fire Joe if Lou would come back. Wow and, wow. Lou, and Lou would get really mad. Yeah. And he would say, tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> so Lou was managing elsewhere. Yes. Maybe Seattle. That, yes. That, yeah. Okay. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember a, a game, and it was, I forget, it might have even been opening day, but it was the, the Mo Vaughn years of the Red Sox. And they trailed the Mariners like 7 or 2 or something all day. It's like a miss. And then in the ninth, the Red Sox staged this amazing rally. And the. Someone hits a home run, Lupinella out of the dugout. The next guy, he, he walks a guy, Lupinella out of the dugout again. He had no patience. He went to the mound four times. Unfortunately for him, Movon hit a grand slam to win at the, at the end. But his, he was so a great combination of fiery and, and seemingly baseball know-how. And, and he was one of those guys that he was the villain to us as a Sox fan. But he was the kind of guy that you would love if he yeah, was on yeah. Boston, right? So, so he had this burning desire to just win oh my at, God. at every level. Yeah, and he, and he. Have you seen that with any? Have, and, you, have and, you seen that with any of the yeah, other clients? And, and no, and and all of. Well, I can't say that, but I mean, but, so but he was he was steadfastly to an extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he he's pretty special. Lou was pretty special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you you talked about how the business has changed so much since when you you started handling players as clients. There's intense competition now. There's, I remember... Oh, intense competition. Alan, tell them what you told me this morning at breakfast. There, there are more agents than there are players. That, I mean, and... and, and that math are, doesn't are the, work. Are the, <laughs> are, the, are the agent fees coming down, too? Is everyone no. cutting each other? So no. What's a standard agent commission? Well, each sport is a little different. 3% in basketball, 5% in, in baseball. Mm. It, it just depends. The union regulates it, so... Can you undercut if you wanted to? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of people do that. Yeah, we have. There are young guys that want to be agents, and they convince players to to be their client, and they won't charge them. Mm. So come with they, me, and I won't charge you. So where do they make their money on a second contract? At that point, well, they hope that they they'll make their money on maybe recruiting somebody else that they can charge. But the bottom line is that how do the economics work in that case? I it mean, doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> the business is is uh, makes absolutely no economic sense. And then there's, there's big-time agents that all they do is go out there and, and, and steal clients from everybody. See, that's what I wanted to ask you about, because it, it, as far back as like when the movie Jerry Maguire came out, the, it was de- depicted as athletes would sometimes leave for the wrong reasons. Wooed away, scammed, and... Jay Moore plays that character that is was probably loosely based on Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus. So, I don't invite you to make to talk ill of your contemporaries, Alan. But was there a point when the business changed where it, and that, that cutthroat nature seeped in, or has it always been there? Well, I, I think it, it's it's indicative of our culture yeah. where we are. Loyalty is no longer part of our culture. Yeah, where um, do we lo- where do we lose loyalty in this yeah. culture? Well, I, mean, I, I, I don't get I, it. I mean, I think. I, Indirectly, it's like my parents were immigrants, and they wanted me to have just a little better life than they did. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on and on, generation to generation, and we, we lose the basic core values yeah. that, that we have, and we don't even realize it. Like, you don't think that you lost the values that your parents gave you, but it was different. Right, right, I right, was asked right. to work when I was eight. 
Yeah. Right, now, right. now parents are telling kids, don't work unless you're happy. Right. Find yes. your happiness right. in your work. Don't you're, come to work. Take yeah, a take yeah. a mental health yeah, day. You'll <laughs> never you'll never work a day in your life if you love what you do. What kind of bullshit is that? Okay. And yeah. then and then it would be nice. But, yeah. But yeah, mm. I've got I've got like thirty five employees across my business, and the average length of service is about twenty six years. Wow. Okay. Today, people jump from business to business, and businesses are out perching the the employees. Mm-hmm. My my granddaughter is doing a an, an internship with J.P. Morgan, mm-hmm. and J.P. Morgan will probably make her a very handsome offer. Mm-hmm. And don't you think the people from Chase and Morgan Stanley and everywhere else are going to recruit her? Yeah. So we just philosophically we've lost our moral value. Mm-hmm. And in the sports business, it, it's 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 just a great example of loyalty just doesn't exist. So so can we get a, can can this country get their moral compass back? I don't know how. I don't know how. But think about the divorce rate, how high the divorce rate is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've got a few minutes left here, but maybe we'll shift gears to a happier note and tell, <laughs> tell, us, <laughs> tell us about maybe there is no hope, hope for the country. But tell us about Octagon and tell us about what you, your, your organization is like now. And then. Well, Octagon is the largest sports agency in the world. Mm-hmm. We have offices in 52 countries on five wow. continents speaking about 16 different languages. Mm. In every sport, we are significant. In some, we totally dominate. In some, we, we don't. We're big, really big in hockey. Our, our hockey agency within the business is known as the Goons. We're, Affectionately. Yeah, we've got a great basketball division. We represent uh, the Greek Freak and, Giannis. Uh, yeah, and yep. Steph Curry. Our baseball division is not the biggest, but we, sh- we feel we're the best. We, we're right in the middle of the road as far as competition. It's, it's a great company. We have tremendous resources. On the, for example, we have a big broadcast division. We have a big coaching division. Mm-hmm. We have a, a, a division that helps counsel players out mm-hmm. and into real-life work. Mm-hmm. I spend most of my time counseling players because in baseball, only 3% make it. Right. Three yeah, percent of those that get drafted. Right. Yeah. Alan, Alan tells me stories too, like when you have to have the talk, like when a guy's probably like in his like early thirties, and it's just it's just time you yeah. you're your career minor league player, and it's just time to move on, and you got to get out of you got to you got to move on with your life. I, I mean, saw a sorry, Jimmy. That's okay. No, it's <laughs> I, all saw, good. I saw I saw a stat recently which blew my mind. Over the in, the entire course of the history of Major League Baseball, back to 1901. There have been roughly, I want to say, 26,000 different players who have played. If you took Major League Baseball's smallest ballpark it would only, and put all the and imagined all these people, it would only be half full. I mean, yeah. that's a, it shows you how another, rare it is. Right, right. Another one of like Alan's like, just like tidbits he's thrown at me over the years is like, think about it. If you want to be a first baseman in the Major Leagues, how many jobs are there? It's 30 jobs. 30 yeah. jobs. Yeah. 30, and I never thought of it like yeah. that. What other it's industry? It's like 30 yeah. jobs in, 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 in a sense in the world to be a major league baseball first baseman. Think about it. If, you, if, you're, if you're behind Aaron Judge, you could spend 10 years in the minors. You're not yeah. going to be in the big leagues. Yeah. And worse than that, imagine being behind Shoei Otani. Right. Yeah, where he he's taking two there, spots. There were two players yeah. behind him, right? Yeah, <laughs> he's taking two spots. And what, and what about you told me over the years? You're like, sometimes... A player just can get his career can get buried because of a just because of a personality issue with a manager in the minor leagues. Yeah. yeah. In other words, certain players are you sign your first round draft pick, you paid all that money, you 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 you're, you're going to be given every opportunity. But if you're a middle of run player that has an opportunity and you're getting better, but you have a problem with your manager, you're just going to get buried. 
I went to a baseball camp in, in high school. We would go, like, in the spring, we'd go to Florida and attend the Doyle Brothers baseball camp. So it was Denny Doyle and Brian Doyle. Danny Doyle, the beloved second baseman for the Red Sox, uh, never hit too much, but he was de- <laughs> he was decent. <laughs> Brian Doyle, kind of a utility player, but was had an amazing World Series in I think seventy either seventy seven or seventy eight. But the third there was a third brother, Blake Doyle, who I don't even know if he made it into the majors, but if he did, it was for a cup of coffee. And the two brothers would always tell us Blake was always the best. But he was in the I, I want to say he was in the Orioles organization playing third base. So. Brooks Robinson, yeah, was playing behind Brooks, right, yeah. and, and never and then, really and, made and, it. And, just just and, circumstance. And playing Cal Ripken was in that, around, you know, probably yeah. around that time too. So he, was, he wasn't going to be moved over to shortstop. That yeah. wasn't going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, it's not about talent; it's about opportunity. Right. You know, and point. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy knows. Okay. Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. I would. I would call Jimmy if I had a, an issue, and, and Jimmy knows. But Jimmy's not competing to be the best in the world, and he's not competing against Aaron Judge. He, 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 the wonderful thing is that he takes care of his clients and his clients love him. Right. And so that's the difference between trying to be a professional in a, in a professional sport and being an ordinary person in real life. Right. It, it's, no, it's, a, it's a big, big difference. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, well, no, we, we've talked about it. I mean, I'm not looking to, like, be in multiple markets. and don't, I'm looking to be the guy in Boston. So yeah. that's, that's one of the right. things that we want to do. And Take care of your clients. Yeah. I want to take care of my clients. I want my clients to feel, I want them, like kind of Alan with his clients, I want them to call me anytime they need us, text us. And then that's what we're trying to accomplish. And again, it's from mentors like Alan that, that we, we've created like this, this, this mindset of what we want to accomplish, be 24-7, 365 for our clients, because that's what Alan's, I've seen Alan do that. I've seen my mother do that over my career. So we're fortunate. Well, we could talk all day with Alan, and, and we, I, 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 I knew Dave, Dave, back, Dave. I knew I'd love to next summer. He's he's back in the summers, and I knew you would love him because I told Alan your father was the commissioner of the Cape Cod Baseball League, and I know your dad's been a massive baseball fan and going to fantasy camps for the yep. Dodgers over the years. So my dad will get a kick. Yeah, out of this yeah, and, yeah. They, they, this this is a good. One. This one was for Saul. I had to bring Alan. Sorry, <laughs> Alan. In, so, tell you know. him I said hello. You bet. You bet. And thanks for listening to Jimmy Knows Alan. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Thank you. (laughs) A reminder to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your pods. And, Jimmy, if you would, just remind people where they learn more about you and your practice. You can call us 1-800-868-1000. We're 24-7-365. Go to com, and I'm going to give you guys a little sneak peek into what's coming. Jimmy just got noticed that we got text Jimmy. So you're going to be able to text help to Jimmy anytime. That should be rolled out probably by the third quarter of this year. And, that's going to work anytime you need us. You're just going to drop a text, and you're going to have instant legal advice. Excellent. Wow. That, that, talk about an innovation. I yep. love it. This is breaking news to me. Yep. We'll put that in the show hot notes. Up, that's hot off the press, Dave. We'll I just want to give, uh, give the listeners what's coming. We'll put that in the show notes of this episode. Remember, we're here every week on Jimmy Knows. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening.